So a big misconception about being an artist or a music producer is that you need a manager to succeed, just like they think that having a record deal is the most important thing in the world. Now, if you do find the right manager, they can do wonders, but a lot of new budding artists or even experienced artists as well, um, they just don't know what to look out for. Most just think a manager just helps with, you know, kickstarting the career, getting your gigs or getting collabs with bigger artists, and even you help manage your money and stuff like that. But, you know... It's not as simple as that. You know, on the flip side as well, you may be a manager listening to this podcast, and if you are, you may learn a few new things in this episode. So in today's episode, we're going to be discussing a few things. We're going to have a look at, number one, what managers are and what do they do? Number two, how to find a manager. And number three, understanding management contracts. That's the big thing here. Now, before I start, I want to say that everything you hear in this episode is mostly aimed at artists in the UK. Music law is slightly different in every country. However, if you're outside of the UK and you're listening to this, probably like 90% of the information will translate over for your own country anyway, so it's okay. But please do take this with a pinch of salt. And if in doubt, search it out. All right, let's go. So what are managers and what do they do? Well, first things first, there are different types of managers that are involved in the artist's career. You can have personal slash music managers, which are different to business managers, which are different to tour managers, which are different to tech managers. You get the point here. But most of you listening to this podcast um, are probably just looking out for a quote unquote normal manager that will cover like your day to day duties and stuff like that. And this type of manager is called a personal manager, or you can even call them a music manager. So what do these guys actually do? A personal manager is someone who, as I mentioned before, looks after your day-to-day needs. They usually like to get involved in the creative side, not like producing music, but they like to give their own input into your own work. And this could be great because, you know, it's, it's always good to have a second set of ears on your track. And it's even better coming from your manager because, as I said previously, if you have a good manager, they can do wonders for you. Your personal manager may want to sit in studio sessions with you and help you choose between, you know, like what songs to release and when to release them. And um, they're usually a bridge between you and the record label. So you don't have to worry about getting your hands uh, too dirty in the music business, which is a good thing if you trust your manager. Now, this can also be a bad thing because if they take too much control, you may not be able to build up your links and, you know, you don't want to really want to be in that position. So just um, think about that a little bit more carefully. Look, in a nutshell, your personal manager should be making your life easier. They want things to be smooth sailing and that's about it. However, a good manager will tell you that they don't want to get involved in the business side of things. I'm talking about like money or strategical plans, etc, etc. That would be a completely different type of manager. These are called business managers. A business manager is someone who doesn't really get involved in the day-to-day duties like a personal manager does, but instead they sort of focus on more like the business planning side. Um, You know, they can also help actually with negotiating deals uh, with contracts that come from labels, for example. Um, They won't often give you legal advice, that's more so like the lawyers and stuff, but you know, they're good to have around for negotiating deals from record labels. They are also most of the time involved in the financial side too. Like, you know, some people see business managers as accountants. Um, Some see them as financial advisors, you know, some see them as junior financial advisors. The lines have sort of blurred over the years anyway. Now, in the UK, it's not actually common 
to have a personal manager and a business manager. We usually have a personal manager here in the UK that deals with not only the day-to-day duties, but also the business planning, contract amendments, budgets, etc., etc. You know, like the traditional roles of a business manager. Think of it like a a two-in-one double whammy thing. The personal manager is the business manager as well here in the UK. Now, in the States, I believe that's also true, but don't take my word for it. You guys need to do your own research there. Also, you need to remember that having two managers will also eat into your own cut. Your personal manager may want 20%, and that's sort of like the going rate, like 15 to 20%. And your business manager may want 15%. And we haven't even included a tax accountant yet. So, you know, this this can get this can get a little bit on the pricey side. In my personal experience, taxes usually dealt with a tax specialist and not with the business manager. And if you haven't got a business manager, your personal manager will most likely not be touching any side of those finances. And if he does request to, or if she requests to, uh, my personal opinion would to be decline it and get a specialist just in case. So when you're on the lookout for a new manager, you want them to tick a few boxes. A lot of the time, artists only think about music, music, music. But what you actually need to look out for in a good manager is commitment, vision, experience to some extent, or at least like basic music uh, industry knowledge. That's that's a must. You also need to find out if they're capable of getting you merch deals, sponsors, um, I don't know, like sync placements in TV and film, uh, even modeling contracts, because that's actually all part of being an artist. But on the other hand, everyone's requirements are different. So you might want a manager just to, you know, help you out with the creative side, or you may want a manager to really help you guide the whole process. So you may want someone to help you with just getting signed. Like I said, everyone is different. Now there are tour managers, technical managers, um, you know, other types of management who are also involved in the process of making you guys superstars. But I won't be covering that in this episode because most likely, you know, most of you guys won't be needing those types of managers just yet. So where do you find a decent personal manager from? This one's a little bit tricky. There are a few places to check out um, online, such as the MMF, which is the Music Managers Forum. I think like you need to pay some sort of monthly fee uh, to access that, um, well, to access the management side properly. But I'm not sure. Again, just make sure you check that out. So that's the MMF, the Music Managers Forum. Also, you can check out the Music Week directory as well. It will show you managers and you know who they're actually managing currently too. You can also pick up a book called The Unsigned Guide, which is great for artists looking not only for managers, but also like record label contacts who publishing contacts and stuff like that. Um, I used to own a copy of The Unsigned Guide, but I don't know where the hell it went. <laughs> but you can probably still find it online and it's probably been updated over the years as well. The most easiest approach in all of this would be to probably meet a manager organically. So like at small events um, and stuff like that. I'm not saying clubs and bars. I'm actually talking about small sponsored events uh, that you can get tickets to or something. That's probably going to be the best way. You may also have some friends that are involved in the music industry too. So you could always ask them if they know anyone as well. Usually an artist looks out for a manager to help them build their career. And in most cases, managers can't be asked for that grind. And this is the honest truth. It really helps if you have some sort of buzz around your name and then you'll you know, see managers start to approach you. And don't be in a rush to get a manager as well, guys. Like, this is a long process. Get better at your craft and build your audience. Okay, like I said, a manager isn't going to come and build your whole career for you because most of them can't be asked. 
Oh, and also, if you have a lawyer or an accountant, you could always ask them if they know any managers as well. A lot of people don't actually think of this, but this is actually a really good way of being introduced to a manager. So let's say you find the manager and you start talking with each other. Uh, after a little while, you decide, yep, the manager's for me. Well, what's the next step? It's usually a contract. And I want to spend a fair amount of time explaining what you should be looking out for in a contract. Most people just, you know, have their splits and exclusivity and that's about it. But there are some really, really crucial things in that contract uh, you must look for before signing that dotted line. Right. So first things first, do not commit yourself to a full-blown contract. It's always good practice to go on some sort of trial period where you can test the waters with your new manager. A good trial length would probably be between, I don't know, say two and three months to about five and six months. Um, and that trial period may or may not require a contract. You could just probably handshake on it and go ahead with, with the whole trial. But I always recommend that a basic contract is set up, just stating the trial period and just the basic stuff. It just helps keep everything in order. You also need to remember that the manager is giving up like three to six months of his time to look after you on a trial. Um, you know, he's also thinking, what happens if the artist doesn't like me? It would be a completely waste of time for the manager, right? So what you may find is that managers may include some sort of expenses covered by the artist in that contract. And this is completely fair. This is so that, you know, they're not wasting their money as well as time. I, and again, like I said, I personally think that's fair. So what's inside the main management contract? Well, a good contract should state these following things, right? Besides uh, your full name and your address, all the basic things like the date and stuff like that, you should have areas of the contract that cover exclusivity length of contract, territory and areas covered, key person provisions. If you don't know what that is, don't worry, I'll get into that. Um, other activities as well, uh, barriers or hurdles, early termination and release cycles. I don't think I'm missing anything else on there. Uh, I believe that they are the main things on that contract you should be looking out for. Now, if you receive a contract and that contract doesn't have these things in there and it's only got your names and splits, well, it's sort of a good indicator that your manager doesn't know much about management. So that should be straight away a red flag. Um, you know, some people often get caught up between a manager being a friend as well. And that's also something you need to be a little bit careful of. But anyway, before I break down all those points I just mentioned in more detail, your manager or future manager um, should advise you to get the contract checked over by a professional. If they are a truly honest person, they would most likely tell you to do that. Again, you know, you need to look out for these, these green flags. You need to look out for these things that, you know, your manager or future manager is going to be telling you to do. Um, ask yourself these questions as well to yourself. Is, is he telling me to get this checked by a professional? Is he, or is he telling me to get it checked by a professional? And it's that professional is his lawyer, you know? So that being said, you may have to actually find and pay for your own lawyer. Don't look at this like, you know, it's a headache. It's actually an investment. And if you haven't got the money, you could actually always ask your manager to pay for it and write in contract that the lawyer fees are to be paid back to the manager with the artist's first paycheck or something like that. Oh, and make sure that the lawyer is a different lawyer than your managers, obviously. You don't want any sort of like conflict of interest or anything like that. 
But let's get into these points. Okay, so first thing on my list was exclusivity. Will you be exclusive or non-exclusive with your management deal? They both have their pros and cons. Being exclusive can help build the bond and trust between both parties. Your manager may feel that he wants to put in the extra work for you because he knows that, you know, it's a long-standing relationship. On the downside, however, you can be locked in. And what happens if you and your manager eventually have some ups and downs? Because that stuff does happen. Well, technically, you're locked into your contract. And most of the time, the manager will have already stated in the contract that he can terminate early, but you can't. And they may not want to terminate early because they may want to squeeze more money out of you or just build you know, that pressure on you. Who knows? Anything can happen in the music industry. Again, just be careful there. Non-exclusive can be the other option. Good thing is that although you're in the contract, you are still free to do what you want when you want. You know, you can take on work as and when you please. Now for you, this may be a great thing, having all the freedom you want. But for your manager, uh, not so much. You know, they may get pissed off and think, you know, why are they doing so much for you in the first place? Could you imagine being a manager and managing someone, then they use the link that you provided to get into session with somebody else? It's, it's just a bit of a weird thing, isn't it? Um, you know, it's a bit of a snaky thing to do. That's like me, for example, being your manager, I introduce you to somebody else and you go behind my back and arrange a studio session with that somebody else and you guys make a hit record and I'm just sort of like left in the dark there. It's, it's a little bit sketchy. Moving on to the second point, which was length of contract. This can be anywhere between one to five years and you can refresh and revisit and amend the term once your time is up. It's pretty common to see five-year contracts in both the UK and the US. So don't be alarmed and you know don't think that, oh damn, that's quite a long time, uh, it is a normal thing. If you received a contract that states five years, always counter with five years is fine, but I have the choice to pull out of the contract after two years, which is called a barrier or a hurdle. I'll speak. I'll speak a little bit about this a little later on, but that's very important to do. You could also leave the contract open-ended, meaning both parties can leave at any time. This can be a little bit sketchy though, especially for the manager. If you're a manager or you want to be a manager, listen up. Do not go for open-ended contracts. I have seen people use their managers for links and also money and end the management contract just before they sign the official non-rolling contract, if that makes sense, which results into no money coming in your way. Instead, you're just left broke. <laughs> so for the artist, it could be a good thing. And for the manager, it could be a really, really bad thing. I mean, technically, if you look at it, it can be a bad thing as well for the artist too. If the manager decides to up and leave um, at an important time in their career, that, that, could, that could have serious consequences too. Moving on to point number three. Point number three was territory. What do I mean by territory? Well, territory relates to the countries your contract covers. And usually most managers like to cover you for the world. And this isn't because they want to make more money or anything like that. Um, I don't know, maybe, but <laughs> in my experience, it's usually because it's easier for them to take control and stay in the loop. I mean, just imagine if you had a manager, you know, for your home country, and then you had another manager for Europe, and then you have another manager uh, for Asia or something like that. It, it just gets too confusing too quickly. But, and this is a big but, if your manager insists on covering you for the world, you need to be sure that he understands the laws of those countries. I'm going to say that again. If your manager insists on covering you for the world, you need to be 
sure that he understands the laws of those countries. Remember, some, if not most laws, will be very similar anyway. However, there may be certain things that work slightly different in different countries. And the last thing you want is your manager who doesn't understand how that little small thing is different or, you know, doesn't really pick up on these small things in different countries. The, you know, the, the music business is just like that. You just, again, you need to be careful anytime you're dealing with contracts. And you've probably heard me say this a few times. Like I keep saying, be careful because contracts can really, really hurt you. Uh, they can do really good for you, but they can really hurt you as well. If your manager has a team abroad, then this could be a huge help. For example, I'm in the UK, right? And if I had a manager who wanted to represent me worldwide, um, and on top of that, he had a team in America, well, this would be a winner for a situation for me. I would automatically be like, okay, cool. So you've got a team in America. Could you explain what they do as well? Are they just, are they A&Rs or are they, are, there, are, are they personal assistants or are they personal managers? Are they different types of managers? Like what are they? I personally would be more comfortable with my manager managing me for different countries if he's got an office or multiple offices abroad. But if you are still unsure, you can always do a world trial for like three to six months or something. Just test the waters, like I said previously. If things work out, then great. If they don't, then call in another manager to manage another territory. Um, and if you decide to do this, make sure you don't end up paying for the two managers. Ideally, a personal manager would take around about 15, 20%, what I said before. And you need to make sure that the co-manager takes his percentage out of your manager's cut. The percentage will depend on a ton of things like how much work they do, what country or countries um, have they been assigned to, and are you their, own, are you their only act, sorry. So just remember that if you do pull in a co-manager to manage you on a different territory, tell them to take the cut out of your manager's 15 to 20%, not yours. If your manager doesn't agree with that, well, uh, you got, got a bit of a problem. <laughs> you probably have to go see a, a professional then. <laughs> Another thing as well is that your personal manager may not want a new manager digging into his profits. So what do you do? What do you do then? Well, usually a fixed fee or a retainer does the trick, but this just gets so complicated and it can become a complete shambles if you don't know what you're doing. And this is why you need to consult music business professionals and lawyers because I'm telling you guys only my experience here. I'm not a lawyer, all right? I've just uh, got experience with these contracts. The fourth point is something called key person provisions. I won't spend too much time on this as it's pretty straightforward, but the key person's provision is essentially a protection barrier of some sorts for yourself. It basically means that your key person being your manager, okay, needs to spend a decent amount of time with you. And if he doesn't, you have the right to terminate that contract. Now, you need to be very, very sensible with this. You can't throw your toys out the pram here. If your manager misses a couple of your calls, then, you know, this is not good, a good enough reason to terminate the contract. However, if he has been absent for like a month, then yeah, more than acceptable time to think about termination. Um, but as I said, be sensible. He or she may be managing other acts too. Um, or they may have fallen ill as well. You know, you, you just don't know. Point number five is other activities. But what the hell does this even mean? Being an artist is so much more than just music. I mentioned that in the previous episode. You may come to a point in your career 
that you decide it's time to branch out into quote-unquote other activities this could be acting modeling i don't know whatever else um and this needs to be covered in the management contract too your manager might be amazing at his job on the music side but he may have zero knowledge about managing um, the acting or the modeling side for example it's the same for writing an autobiography as well i doubt most music managers know how to publish a book um, i doubt they even know about that world i mean some may do but most of them probably have no idea about publishing books so again something to think about if this is something that your manager can't deal with make sure in the contract you state that look it, we may be or we may be required to pull in some sort of agency to help branch out for other activities. The whole having a manager thing works on trust and communication, and it's best to get all the small things out of the way when you're dealing with the contracts. I'm saying this because what happens if your manager tries to take a cut from a movie you're in? Technically, the manager can't take a cut. However, it depends on what the movie is about. Now, this see, it gets too sketchy, right? If the movie is about your life and how you started music, then most likely your manager is entitled to some sort of percentage cut. However, if you star in the new Fast and Furious movie, um, and that movie has nothing to do with your music career, then your manager shouldn't be getting anything. Your manager will most likely push for a cut, as you can imagine. But in this case, most of the time, it's going to be a big no. And as you can see, again, it gets house, it gets very sketchy, sorry. And this is why a lot of the time uh, like artists argue or have disagreements with their managers. So next point is barriers or hurdles. Um, these hurdles, well, what are these? Well, these hurdles could favor either the artist or the manager. A hurdle is an agreement of performance, so to say. For example, if your contract is three years long and the manager you know, doesn't get you one record deal in one year that he promised, you have the right to drop the manager and terminate the contract. Obviously, this favors you, the artist. However, the manager could implement a hurdle for themselves too, stating that if the artist doesn't make X amount of money in one year, he has the right to leave. See, this works sort of both ways. Really short and simple hurdles are just, you know, like I said, they're just an agreement uh, of performance. Okay, point number seven, early termination. I've sort of touched up on this, um, but I thought I'd just want to, you know, add a little bit more detail under this topic. So your contract may actually state that both the artist and manager can actually terminate early on a mutual basis. You know, this may be like five or six months before the end of the management deal, for example. And just bear in mind, it can be different for different contracts. Now, if both of you agree, this is smooth sailing because, like I said, you're ending you're ending the contract on a mutual basis um, a few months before the actual end of the management deal. However, if one disagrees, then this matter can become pretty complicated and end up in court if the agreement can't be struck between the two parties. I thought I would just add this little extra info here. So again, just keep an eye out for that, okay? And the final point is release cycles. How many release cycles have you mentioned in the contract? I mean, there must be some kind of information that covers this in the contract, right? You would be surprised at how many managers or, you know, management contracts, I should say, don't state this. And this is usually because contracts are homemade by non-professionals. Release cycles are common here in the UK and also across the pond in the States too. They basically state a schedule of release. For example, your contract may state that over the period of five years, you have to provide two full albums containing 10 tracks each. Now, this is cool, but 
you know, it's a little sketchy too. Um, you don't want to bog yourself down with the extra work of trying to meet your goals, you know, all the time. You don't want the extra stress on you. And you need to remember, like, you know, one release cycle or one album will start from the moment you get in the studio to the moment all promotion is done. And fuck knows how long that would take. We have no idea. You could probably whack out a full release cycle in six months. Who knows? That'd be great. But at the same time, you may run into a heap of different problems. Um, and it might, might take three years to get one album done. Who knows? So a good way to counter this would be to agree on a time frame or, you know, something like two release cycles or five years worth of work, whatever comes first, as an example. Um, and then mention in the contract something like to be revised six months uh, before the end of contract or something like that. That way you can sort of cover yourself. You may only do one album in the space of five years and a couple of standalone singles. So you see why adding that time frame is a good thing here, right? The takeaway from today's podcast is know your shit. Don't get a manager for the fun of it. 70% of managers don't even know what day it is, unfortunately. <laughs> Understand and digest the information I have told you today and you'll be shit hot at understanding the basics of management deals. Just remember, I am no lawyer, so make sure you get your contracts looked over by a professional.